Good morning, afternoon, evening, or dawn, wherever these words find you. How are you feeling right now? How is your breath? How is your heartbeat? How are your thoughts? Are they busy? Are they run, 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 run? Are they hush, 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 hush? How are you feeling? What are the three emotions that come to mind the most? Have you been outside today? Have you touched any grass or any trees? Have you had a meal? How about some liquid, coffee, water, orange juice, mimosa? <laughs> mimosa, maybe. It is all gravy around here lately, and I'd like to share a simple sentiment um, about my body and how it's responded to spending time in the greens and the browns outside, surrounded mostly by that, where when I listen, all I really hear is birds and crickets and little deer hooves. Deer have been a very special presence in my days as of late. On a bike ride with my best friend yesterday, we saw two baby deer crossing the road. And that's about all that I have to say. I long to be as straightforward and loose and innocent as those baby deer each moment. I hope innocence and presence finds you today or tomorrow or sometime soon. It will always be right now, no matter when it finds you. Speaking of right now, right now I'm going to talk about my guest, my lovely, lovely guest, Kat. Kat has an energy to her that, like all guests, I haven't experienced before. But this one was really sweet because Kat is around the same age as me. That is not typical for the people that I speak with. Usually they've got some peppered seasoned years on me. But Kat and I snuggled into a nice little familiar uh, cove of vocabulary and um, appreciation of space sharing. Kat is doing production design, art department, etc., etc., on a bunch of really beautiful indie films at the moment. Um, and the reason for our discussion was the film Cowboys, directed by Anna Kerrigan. Um, this movie is, for me, the only the first in a wave of, I'm sure, very poignant and refreshing and um, rustic, perhaps, is the right word, films that are coming out, that will be coming out, um, and it contributes to a space that's being created for voices that need to be heard. And I do not want to spoil any of the film, but it's a small cast, and it has a tremendous amount of heart and beauty, and I'm really thankful that I got to talk to Kat about her experience. We also talked about much more fruitful endeavors like Twilight and Taylor Swift, who I will mention as of late, I have been hardcore into. Um, I actually turned 22 yesterday, so I had 22 running uh, pretty hard. But Kat's more of an expert on these topics, so she was educating me, and uh, I was taking notes pretty viciously. Overall, I'm so thankful to have experienced her presence, and I hope that you are loving the weather wherever you are, um, the food wherever you are, the books, the literature, however it may find you, even if it's a pamphlet, you know, pamphlets come and go. But hey, I love you. 
and the sky loves you and the bees are buzzing happy summer maybe happy winter um i'm not sure where it's winter in the world right now but yeah i appreciate you and you rock thanks cat thanks everyone and i hope you enjoy this conversation bye bye So how's your day been? What have you been up to? Uh, it's good. I just finished a shoot um, last week. So I've kind of just been like hanging out finally and like catching my breath. And then uh, this Saturday I fly out for another shoot in Utah. So Holy cow. Where busy. are you at right now? I live in Long Beach, California. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm based out of LA. Cool. What'd yeah. you just shoot? Um, It was a Lifetime Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's like... Coming out later this year? <laughs> yeah, probably. They just, like, they bust those out all the time, so... Oh, man. How'd you get on that? Yeah. Um, uh, one of my friends that I went to college with, that I went to film school with, he just, like, emailed me one day and was like, hey, I need a prop master for this uh, Lifetime movie gig. Like, are you available? And then that was in... June of 2019 and this is the fifth movie that I've made with this company and with him so yeah wow. yeah it's pretty fun it's pretty steady work so and the crews are always really nice so cool. yeah it's a lot what did you fun. study at school um I went to community college for mm -hmm. film and then yeah I didn't even get my associates um I just started working so yeah that's pretty groovy <laughs> yeah it's pretty awesome do you have an intention of what it is that you want to do? Do you think this is the vibe, like art direction, that sort of area? Definitely. I found a happy home in art department in general, like very early on in mm -hmm. film school. And I just thank my lucky stars every day because I know a lot of people probably like jump from department to department trying to figure things out and then they finally pick one that they love. But for me, it was just like, I was like, oh, I'll do production design because like no one really does that in our film program. So I'll get to work on every project. I'll get to have like a different script every time. Just learn everything as I go. So yeah, I really fell in love with it quite soon. What do you like about it? Um, I like, honestly, I like touching things that no one else is allowed to touch on set. <laughs> like I like the, all of like the excitement that comes with like, especially prop mastering. Like, I like the relationships that you build with, like, the director and the actors and the production designer and everything like that. And I don't know. It's just, it's really, really, really exciting and it's really fun. And I feel like what's special about art department is that there's a new script every time. Um, meaning there's, like, a new story and there's new characters and new struggles and everything. Like, both within the script and then, like, trying to figure out how to make it work. Whereas I feel with you know, camera department and G&E, you're working with the same equipment every time. So it, you can really familiarize yourself with a, per, a certain piece of like machinery or a certain camera. And then it becomes like very comfortable. And it's nice when we're working with the same things over and over again, um, just because they're very reliable. But with art department, there's just always something new and exciting and like dreamy about kind of getting thrown into the deep end every time. Like, for instance, this movie that I'm about to do in Utah is a horror movie, and I've never done horror before. So I've, like, I've never been on a horror movie set. I've never done art department for a horror movie before. 
and I'm just like so stoked. Like I think it's really, really exciting. So Yeah. Yeah. What have you worked on then? What projects have you worked on? Um, I do like mostly indie features. Yeah. Um, mostly features in general. I've never done a commercial before or a music video. Um yeah, so I've mostly like prop master, art direct, set decorator, and like set dresser and stuff like that. So it's a lot of fun. Um yeah, 2019 was the craziest year of my life because I was working basically like five weeks on, four weeks off the whole year. And I was doing like seven features and like five of those were out of state and like out of three different states. Um yeah, it was really, really wild, but mostly indie features. That's where I feel like the most creative stuff happens because you usually have like a limited budget. You're usually working with small crews. Um, there's just a lot of troubleshoot troubleshooting that happens. And I feel like there's just a lot of growth and like excitement. And that's really important to me. For sure. Yeah. How do you start swinging jobs like that? How do they, how does the opportunity present itself? Um, in the beginning, it was mostly just like working for free and contacting people that I went to school with or people who went to the same school that I did. Um, just cause like, um, you know, you just want to help out people in your group basically. Mm -hmm. So that was really important. And then actually I could branch out all my favorite projects to one of my friends the friend who called me for that lifetime feature yeah um because I covered for him on a shoot before we had ever worked together he was like hey I need a replacement for the last four days of shooting I'm not going to be available anymore like would you be able to replace me and so I did and and so I worked for four days on that project and then the line producer from that project wrote a Facebook post was like hey I, I'm looking to crew up for an indie feature we're going to be filming in Ohio and so I contacted him and uh, he put my information up to the production designer. Production designer called me, we did a phone interview, and then I ended up getting hired for that job. And then, so everything kind of like snowballed from that one gig in January of 2019. And before that, like, I was at like a very, very low point in my career. Like I hadn't been working like winter and December is like notoriously like dead for film like people just aren't making anything um yeah and my mom had been calling me every single day almost like you know like you can come move back to texas you know and oh, you can texas. live here my family is yeah. yeah but i had i wanted to stay out here for film um mm -hmm. so yeah like i was applying for food stamps i was applying for unemployment like mm -hmm. film just really wasn't working out and then I got that gig and then it just like jump started my whole career and like since now then I it. yeah like since then I've been working like in the film industry nonstop and I was able to like quit my barista job which is like a tale as old as time when you're starting out in the film industry a waitress just yeah on the, the studio parking lot yeah <laughs> exactly when did you move to Cali from Texas and what made you do that um my dad was in the Marine Corps so I moved around every three years like since I was oh, born wow. and then my dad was stationed at Pendleton my junior year of high school and then he retired my freshman year of college and so him and my mom moved back to Texas to retire and to build a house and be close to our family and especially their parents but mm -hmm. I of course like wanted to stay in California to pursue film and like to continue to, to pursue film and yeah so I basically just I was like 
20, I just had to like make it on my own at that point. My parents were very understanding, but they were like, if we come back in six months and find out that you're living out of your minivan, like we're gonna take you home. So I basically had that long to like figure it out and like make it work, but it was definitely worth it. Like the struggle and like the sleepless nights of like not knowing how I was gonna like have money to eat. Yeah, it's definitely I'm, worth I'm it in a very me. similar position where I'm about to do that. I'm in Michigan at the moment, mm -hmm. just about finished up with film school. Yeah. And at some point, I'm just gonna. Yeah, just cut the hustle, cord. Hustle across the nation and see what happens. Yeah. It's cool to see you on the other side of it. It's a lot nicer to be on the other side for sure. <laughs> but I feel like if I can do it, anyone can do it. So. I'll yeah. live by that. Yeah. So how early on did you know you wanted to do film? Was it not until you went to California or did you know before? It was my freshman or so going, maybe going into my sophomore year of college. Or no, it was, my, it was the end of my freshman year. So my second semester in, in community college. And that first I was a women's studies major um, mm -hmm. because, you know, I wanted to be an activist. I wanted to help change the world. And or like, I still want to, I shouldn't speak in the past tense. That's still my goal. But just like the route that I'm taking to get there has changed a lot. Um, it all started because I watched this documentary called Misrepresentation, like M-I-S-S -S space representation. Tell me about it. What's, it. what's it about? And it was basically about like how women and young girls are treated in American media, whether it's like commercials or TV or interviews and media outlets and stuff like that. And it basically just says like, if you want to look at how any one demographic is treated in any society or culture, just look at how they're represented in the media that that culture produces. Mm -hmm. And so it was about like the hypersexualization of, of women and girls. And I was like, well, what easier way to change people's minds about stuff than to just like make TV shows with like well-rounded women yeah. and like things like that. And like that kind of branched out into also like, the LGBT community and um, people of color and not subjecting them and limiting them to stereotypes because those are also things that make up who I am that I feel I have experience, like I have experience in that to like speak about it and to contribute something to those stories. So um, I especially like seek out films and projects that have like women of color, um, anyone of color, um, the LGBT community, like both in front of or behind the camera, because I just think that those voices need to be amplified a lot. So, yeah. I mean, Cow Cowboys in particular is a really radical film. Yeah. I just watched it like right before we get on this chat mm -hmm. and I'm still, sometimes watching the film that I'll be talking about before is tough because I'm still sitting with the film and that was one of them where I'm definitely like I teared up several times and yeah me too made me feel new things which I really appreciated yeah yeah it was interesting that because there were there were still like old-fashioned views I guess if that's how you want to label it within mm -hmm. the film obviously from the mother mm -hmm. but the way even those were navigated like it, it didn't, it obviously didn't feel like that's what the film was trying to say. Whereas in past media, it may be the case that that that's the, that's the actual opinion of the film is mm -hmm. that perspective. Yeah. So yeah, it was just, 
I'm really glad I watched it. I'm really happy that it exists and that it's gotten attention and response. Yeah, me too. I'm just so jazzed every time I think about it. Jazz. Yeah. <laughs> jazz is the best word. Yeah. I'm jazzed too. And Steve, yeah. man. Oh my god. He was Steve's so fucking cool. Like, he's a really cool guy. Just like in general. He's really, he's really neat. He's really nice. How'd you work on Cowboys? Um, I had worked with that direct or that production designer on a film in January of 2019. And then he called me back to art direct this movie. So, wow. yeah, it was. How was art direction really cool. as opposed to other roles? Um, art direction on a small scale, which is what I could, would consider like these movies like versus like union stuff because the crews are yeah. so small we were a three-person art department it was lance the production designer me as art director and then our props master was kit um and we were just all like really vibed together like we worked really really well together so that was like such a plus like that's so important and um so art directing on one of these is mostly like um helping to make like keeping everyone organized helping to make like the work plan, sticking to the work plan, um, doing graphics and stuff like that. Whereas on like a union show, it'd be more like, it'd be like you do the work plan and you also like oversee construction of like mm. building sets and stuff like that. So it's it's quite a bit different, but it's it's really, really fun. So, so were there any sets built for this at all? Or was it mostly on location? No, we filmed completely on location and Wow. Um, I think the first, I want to say the first week and a half, it was a three, I think it was either a three or four week shoot, but like half of it, at least we were filming in Glacier National Park. So like for me, art directing was like printing graphics for bean cans that were like safe to film on camera and, um, building lean twos. Like by the end of that, I learned how to make like a pretty sick tent out of like a stick uh, and a tarp. You make a tent. Um, yeah, so like for a lean to at least, and you can probably like tell on the on in the movie, it's just like basically the back of the tent is the trunk of a tree, and then you stick a really big stick in the ground, like six feet in front of it, and then you drape um, like rope connecting the two, and then you put a tarp over it, and then you just basically stake the tarp to the ground. That's like really simplifying it. There's also like a lot of rope involved, but yeah, it's Seems pretty neat. Now. Yeah, because also it needed to be something that a dad and his ten-year-old son could feasibly make. So it made sense that I was the one making it. Because I was like, well, you know, I learned like Lance showed me how to, and then I would just like do it myself because it needed to be like feasible for the story. It couldn't be like this incredible tent, and it's like, wow, like how did they do that in ten minutes or whatever? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It reminds me, I was just thinking, have you seen The Kings of Summer that came out recently? Uh, yeah, with um, Nick Robinson. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I fucking love that movie. I just watched that a couple weeks ago, and I was thinking kind of the same thing. Like, they just built this, like, right? dope-ass house. <laughs> like, yeah, and, like... It's like, they built, like, a mansion <laughs> in, yeah. like, a week. And, like, uh, from my perspective, like, Nick's character kind of seemed like a bit of an underachiever. So it didn't really make a whole lot of sense that... No, they were, like, shy and scared. And then, like, when it came time to that, they were just, like, 
Look at his hammer. I don't know. Maybe that was the point, though. Maybe it was like them being in their element or something. I mean, you could play it any type of way. And then they became master carpenters. Right. They became kings. <laughs> so it's all part was, of the I hero's journey. I was imagining journey. that, like, like, if I were to have a hand in the art of that film, to just tell those actors to make whatever they could, just give them a bunch of stuff, mm -hmm. and then actually use that. <laughs> yeah. But, it would probably not turn out to be much. And there's like spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a cool place. They mm -hmm. had like road signs. The door, wasn't the door like a porta potty door, I think? I think so, yeah. Yeah, the movie was really interesting. It had a yeah. lot of different moods. Yeah, you know? I love, I love movies that take place in reality. Like, my favorite genre of movie if you like consider this a genre or like movies about like high schoolers just because like I had a really crazy time being in high school with just like typical high school drama and becoming mm -hmm. an adult and just like becoming like a decent human person yeah. um so yeah those are always like like all of my favorite movies I think are about high schoolers like to an like extent what? like um The Edge of Seventeen with Haley Steinfeld Romeo and Juliet the Baz Luhrmann version, Lords of Dogtown, you know, just like movies about 15 year olds or like, or like high schoolers. I just think that they're the most interesting people in the whole world because they don't really know what they're doing. And neither they, do like, I like sometimes. They're starting so. to figure something out. Like they, they know right. something's going on. Yeah. And I like when they try to do something based off of that conviction. Yeah. And it's, not how things actually are right they're just so dramatic because like everything is the end of the world what's the most dramatic thing you did in your youth? in high school hmm did you ever run away to the woods no i was the youngest <laughs> child so my parents kind of let me do whatever the youngest mm -hmm. of three i had an older sister and i have an older brother mm -hmm. and yeah they just kind of let me do whatever i mean i still found ways to be a drama queen i'm sure but yeah, probably like the first time I ever got drunk when I was 14, my dad picked me up from like the seawall where like all the high schoolers would drink and everything like that. Um, and he, I got in the passenger seat and he just like, I like shut the door. I'm just like dead silent, which is not very typical of me. And he can just like smell all the booze. And he's like, have you been drinking? And I just like look over and I'm like, yep. And he's like, okay. And he just like takes me home, tells my mom. And she's like, what? I mean, she's fine. She got home safe. She answered your phone call when you called. So she's not doing anything like crazy. But yeah, I think my dad will never forget that night. Because it was just like the, my first like ounce of like rebellion. Huh. But still I was like, hey, oh, you're here. Okay, I'll come meet you outside or whatever. Like it wasn't even like that big of a deal looking back on it now at least yeah yeah i drink I for some time without telling my parents and then slowly started to ease in the idea that i was drinking regularly which i was when i was i don't know 16 17. Mm -hmm. do you my mean like, like hey, every just, weekend or if you ever drink just tell me you know just tell us yeah. So I go to a party. It's like the first party. It was like the first like party that I went to. Like mm -hmm. no adults outside mm -hmm. by a fire, mm -hmm. large bottles of alcohol. Right. And I had like I don't know three or four beers. So I was a little drunk boy. Mm -hmm. And I remember I think it was the next morning I called my mom and I was like, Mom, I just wanted to tell you I had I had one beer. 
and the reaction was not right. good at all. She, she was like, "I'm." She was disappointed in me. Ugh, isn't My that just the was worst? Disappointed in me. <laughs> I yeah. was like, "You told me to tell you, man." Yeah. No, I'm just not gonna tell you. Yeah. So, man, yeah, I drank quite a bit when I was a teenager. Yeah, me too. I kind of got it out of my system for the most part. Like I'm. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't feel much urge to drink really. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it's a lot on the body. Yeah. Weed's cool. Mm-hmm. Weed's much, weed's much cooler. Mm-hmm. It's like the Alex are much cooler. Mm. But hard, hard <laughs> liqueur, vodka. I know the only like legal thing out of that group is like the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's just a fact of life. That's just, yeah. Things are changing, man. Things yeah. are changing quite a bit. What are the weed laws in Michigan? Uh, I think it was maybe like winter of 2019 that it got legalized for recreational use, I think. And you oh. can own like 12 plants. Nice. Hey, um, <laughs> yeah, and then once the dispensaries open up, now everybody everybody's token. Mm. I've been to like a couple dispensaries and... There's like older folks, like sixty mm-hmm. to seventy year olds there, and that's so cool to see. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, they've, they've been here through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like pretty much at this point it's chill. But I work, yeah. I work with a couple of psychedelics decriminalization mm-hmm. um, groups in Ann Arbor, which is like a pretty big city in Michigan. Oh, yeah. Just decriminalized entheogenic plants, mm-hmm. which is pretty far out. Now they're working on putting it to the state in general. So I think it's on the same trajectory. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be like you can walk into a dispensary and just buy mushrooms or something. But right. At least, at least if it's being used in a you know clinical sense and it's yeah, research is being done. I think that's the that's the heart of it. Yeah. So with film, did you learn more from college, or did you more learn more from just actually being on set? Um. The only real thing that I learned in college, um, (laughs) so the way that my film program was set up is that there's 101, like intro to film or video production, and then film two or film one, film two, and film three. And the goal is to make you employable basically by film one. So when you're like halfway through your like college career, because it's only a community college, it's only two years. Um, And so, like, the classes are really, really rigorous and basically just to, like, teach you how to be, like, a good person to have on set, like, regardless of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, like, across the board, you just need to be, you know, you need to pay attention, you need to be resourceful, you need to be on time, and, like, on time is being early, and if you're on time, you're late, like, that kind of thing, you know, reliable. Yeah, Yeah. Um, and you have to just, like, hustle. And, like, that's across the board, like, with any department. So that's really what that taught me. I didn't have – there weren't any professors that taught production design or, like, really anything art department related. Like, we didn't have, like – yeah, we just didn't really have the resources to have an art department class or anything. Like, we had a directing class, a screenwriting class, uh, like, a study of cinematography class. But, like, there were probably only – at any given point, like, 50 or so people in the whole program. So it was very, very small. 
-hmm. And the way it was set up is that if you weren't asked to work on a project the whole semester, then you were kicked out of the program. So, like, you had to be able to, like, play well with others. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. I mean, that's what I learned in film program. And then everything I know about art department, I learned, like, on my own, basically. Or at least, like, in school, I had to learn everything on my own and, like, with the other person that did art department in our program because there were only two of us so it was literally just like her and I on every single project for the most part mm. um yeah and then everything else I like learned we're just working like which tape is the best tape to use on a painted wall versus like mm-hmm. how to rig something onto brick and like just stuff like that like stuff that you wouldn't even like think about is like a thing so mm-hmm. yeah do you have an end goal in mind or a place you'd like to be? I really want to be part of an art department that wins an Oscar for production design. Like, I don't even care what my job is in the art department. I just, like, want to be able to say, like, hey, that Oscar-winning movie that won an Oscar for production design, like, I worked on that in art department. Like, that's, what, do you, like what do you think of award cool. shows and Oscars? Um, I've never actually watched the Oscars before. <laughs> They are just like really long, and I I like don't have ca- I've never had cable, uh-huh. so I just like never took like, which is interesting because like my end goal is to eventually like <laughs> win an Oscar of like kind of, but that's mostly for like bragging rights, you know? Because like I already yeah. think that my career is pretty cool, like especially with like how young it is technically, but yeah how I don't know. I'm 23, and I started cool. doing this when I was 19. So, yeah. That's very inspirational. I'm 21, so... Oh, really? That's a really wonderful thing to see. Yeah, Yeah, when I was 21, I was still working at my barista job. So, (laughs) (laughs) same path as you. Yeah. 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 Um, But yeah, I don't think award shows, like, necessarily are an accurate representation of what a good movie is. You know, like, I don't really think they should be given, like, so much clout. Yeah. But also, it's, like, a cool bragging thing, you know? It's, like, bragging. Parasite winning, I think, was really, really funky. I was into that. Yeah. I was into that, too. Yeah. I thought that was really fucking rad. That movie, like, I, like, watched half of it, and then I was like, I need to lie down. So then I, like, watched the rest of it the next day. Mm -hmm. Um... I don't, I don't think I've, like, sat down and watched it all the way through so far. I think I've just broken it up into two pieces. I haven't done that since high school. That's probably the most dramatic thing I did in high school was watch, what? have a Twitter and watch award shows. Because I would live tweet award shows. That's, I thought people wanted to hear that. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> I have I friends at. that have, like, like, my friends from film school, sometimes they, like, well, not sometimes, every time they basically like, get together and they, like, yeah. No, they don't place bets, but they, like, get excited when, like, their movie wins for, like, this category or whatever. And it's, uh-huh. like, it's, like, bragging rights because you, like, picked the best movie or whatever. But I've never done that yeah. before. Yeah. And the, Gra- the Grammys was a couple days ago, wasn't it? Do you care about music at all? I think the Grammys was last night, actually. Last night? Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was last night. Who knows these days? Kids these days. I know. The shows. Yeah. Um, I'm happy that Folklore by Taylor Swift won Album of the Year. You a T-Swift fan? Oh, yeah. I went through that phase in high school of, like, 
internalized misogyny and like oh like I don't like Taylor Swift like she only talks about her relationships and everything but like I'm so glad that I grew out of that because she is like such just such a talented songwriter um yeah she put out like the most last year she just gave and gave and gave and just just, like received 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 so and I think her planning to re-record all of her albums is like the dopest Mm -hmm most ambitious thing <laughs> it's like one of the most like metal things i've ever heard it's metal. like literally it is, she's that's doing a good word <laughs> all of her songs again and she's also releasing six unreleased songs on her next album so she's 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 miss americana she really is she is i haven't seen that have you seen that by the way the yes i just like cried i love How her was it? How was it? It, was, what you like about it was really really good um can i spoil it for you a little bit yeah, I'll watch it, but yeah. Um, and you probably have already heard, but basically she talked about how um, she used to be very, like, severely apolitical because she's been doing this since she was 15, and as soon as she started, people were like, people don't care about your opinions on politics. People, like, you know, just telling her to, like, not talk about that kind of thing. Um, and so her fans would, like, ask her about stuff, and she would just, like, not say anything or, like, beat around the bush and like not really answer the question but it basically like became so much that like so many people that she cared about from all these different communities were hurting and like her silence was actively like hurting people yeah um and so she basically like broke down like there's this scene if you watch it with like her and her mom and then like sitting on one side of the room and then they're just like facing like her dad her manager like her team basically and she's just like I'm going to do this and I would really appreciate your support. And they're just like, we're not going to give it to you. And so that like right after that, she like started tweeting about like gay rights and like all this like really great stuff that people were just like dying to get like to hear about. Yeah. So. Celebrity is strange. Yeah. That's why I really like crew work because you're like famous adjacent like, you know a lot of famous people, and, like, yeah. they know you, but no one who, like, is, like, obsessed with those famous people, like, really cares about you at all. It's, like, Not it's pretty cool. I, like, thought about this for a while, actually. It's awesome, man. Those are the only people I talk to, like, just the people that are, like, right behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And it's just really, it's always cool to hear their perspective. Yeah. And then They're like, really chill. Everybody's mm-hmm. everybody's chill, like, yeah. always. <laughs> Everyone's really, really nice, like, for the most part. Yeah. Not many divas. I'd like to meet a diva, like, prop master. Oh. <laughs> Who's just, like, really into themselves. Yeah. And, and they're, they're prop mastering. Yeah. It's always, like, the people who are really into themselves, but they're, like, not actually that good at their jobs. Hot take. Yeah, hot take. We've got, we've got some gossip. Yeah. <laughs> some tea i went through a strange period with taylor because i was a really big kanye fan back in high school i had like a big kanye phase Mm -hmm. and for obvious reason that's sort of the energy has changed with that (laughs) dramatically Mm -hmm. in the past couple years Mm -hmm. and yeah i I just thought why why am i hating on taylor there's no need for me to hate on taylor yeah so Mm -hmm. my sister used to love taylor so i would hear Whatever her first album was, I heard that all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, all the time it was on repeat. So her songs are in my head. Yeah. That's for sure. 
-hmm. What are your opinions on Fergie? Random question. Fergie? Yeah. Um, I think Fergalicious was the first song I ever learned all the lyrics to. That, it's it's a tie between that and Paul Revere by the Beastie Boys. So, I Paul don't... Revere is one of the <laughs> sickest songs. I know. I love the way that beat starts on that song. It's like that mm -hmm. weird, backwards mm -hmm. sounding like... Yes, wow. exactly. Yeah, so... Good for you. Those are two really Those good are, songs. Those are two you know great songs. Too. Yeah. I feel like I knew, I knew a lot of Eminem songs when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I think they've kind of fizzled out as time has gone, but I knew yeah. a lot of Journey songs. Yeah. I could sing Journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. This is about me and yeah. my knowledge of Journey's lyrics. Yeah. This is your journey of Journey. So what sorts of genres do you want to work on most? I know you said you've got a little bit now, um, but is there one in particular that you're like? I've never done a sci-fi movie, and I think it's really cool that, like, for the mm. most part, all sci-fi movies are based at least a tiny bit in reality. Um, and I think that that's, like, really freaking cool to do. Or, like, it would be really, really cool to do. And also, like, being, if I were to be, like, a prop master on that, um, which is what I do, like, the majority of the yeah. time I'm a prop master. Um, having to, like, fabricate all these really weird props out of, like, stuff that exists in our world, but, like, it's completely something totally different. I think that would be, mm -hmm. like, a lot of fun to, like, try to figure out, like, oh, what the hell does this thing look like? Like, I don't know what a ray gun looks like, but I can just, like, put a bunch <laughs> of things together and then show you, and if you like it, then that's a ray gun. You know, it's a lot of, like, mm -hmm. troubleshooting and, like stuff like that but it kind of goes hand in hand with fantasy i've never done a fantasy movie before and like that's cool because it's a world that's not at all based in our reality so it can really be just like whatever the hell you want it to be uh -huh. have you seen stardust another random question um that movie with like ben barnes I think he plays, like, a young version of the dad in the beginning. I've never finished it before. Claire Danes. Yes. Claire Danes is in it. Robert De Niro plays, like, is in it. I watched that this morning, and that's the first, like, far-out fantasy film I've watched in a while. Mm-hmm. And it, it, was, it was, like, not very fantasy. Like, everybody was very human. There were witches and stuff. Michelle Pfeiffer plays a witch. <laughs> right. Michelle I thought that was the coolest part was, like, her practical effects because she looked really old. But, mm -hmm. yeah. So you say you've worked on indie stuff, then, like... I'm trying to picture, like, a sci-fi film that's, like, smaller. Like, because a lot of times mm -hmm. they seem, like, you know, a bit large-scale. There's spaceships and yeah. machines. It's just, like, a lot of production design to, like, create those worlds. Or it's CGI, but those are both, like, notoriously expensive departments. So it's kind of hard to do that. <laughs> Speaking of CGI, I just watched the last film in the Twilight series. I don't know if you're familiar um, with the Breaking Twilight Dawn Part 2. Yes, I am. Huh? Breaking Dawn Part <laughs> 2. Yes, I am. I've, I've heard of it once or twice. Yeah, yeah, my girlfriend and I just, we've been watching the entire series, and we just finished it. And Renesme is a CGI baby for, like, a long time, and that was super weird for me mm -hmm. to watch because she looks almost like a baby. It's like the uncanny valley thing. It's just like it's it's off putting because of how realistic it is, but like your brain knows that it's like that's fake and I'm being tricked right now and I should find somewhere safe to hide, basically. 
Yeah. yeah it's like a um, little person. It's got like full head of hair. Great movie though. I stand by it. I'm I glad I watched it. It, it was a great series. Yeah. I I think across the board, like the music, the yes, atmosphere, that has, the like, colors. The best soundtrack. Like like every single movie, the soundtrack is like perfect. Yeah, I was so impressed with how consistent they all were. Like the tones and the way everybody looked mm-hmm. was pretty much the same across all of the movies. Yeah. Uh, did you know that Renesmee was going to be done practically at first? And so, like, you can Google it. You can type in, like, Renesmee, Breaking Dawn, doll. It's, like, the fucking creepiest thing you've ever seen in your whole life. They were going to do it a doll? They were going to do it practically, and it was going to be a doll. Like a puppet? Like, it looks like a baby doll, but it's, like, a little bit bigger because she's, like, a toddler very quickly. It's just so weird. She has, like, long hair. I'm not going to describe it anymore. You just have to look it up. It's really gross. Okay. I'll do that. Yeah. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. So do you want to work on big budget films eventually? Or do you um, want to stay in the, the calmer indie camp? Eventually. Um, on all of the indies that I've done, there's always, like, union people who are just working on this because they want to. Like, because it's, mm-hmm. it's like, a passion project or they're really into the script or they really want to work with, like, a certain, um, like, director or production designer or something like that, like... Like, being in the union won't prevent me from working on non-union stuff. Like, if anything, it'll make me even more desirable to non- or to, like, indie and non-union things because, like, I would be in the union, but I'm, like, choosing to work on this because I really care about it. So, yeah, eventually it'd be nice to be in the union because I want to have health insurance, but until then, here I am doing non-union stuff. Which is great. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm not bagging on non-union stuff or like indie films. <laughs> They're like really exciting. So cool, man. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think we've got enough stuff for an episode here. Cool.